My big fat mouth. <laughs> this is the last week you'll be able to hear us say our big fat mouth, but uh, maybe you'll want to learn the song and sing it yourself and enjoy the moment here. Uh, this is week four. If you'll turn to James chapter four, we're going to get into the word this morning and uh, it's going to be good. So Heavenly Father, thank you again for another, another opportunity to come into your presence with other believers. Father, we're so aware that it's more important today than ever before to assemble ourselves together in, in, in unity, in contact with one another. We may be physically distanced, but we're not socially distanced. We're, we're not spiritually distanced. We're connected with you and connected with each other as the body of Christ. And we thank you that your spirit reveals your word to us. We give you permission to speak to us. Holy Spirit, do your work, have your way, and speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So this is an interactive message this morning, and uh, sometimes it'll be quiet, and sometimes you'll want to just join in and say amen, and it's good. It's good to connect, and we've got people connected online this morning. I want to say hi to some folks that are joining us and, you know, calling out names. I'm, my mom is there. She's faithful. She's faithful. Hi, Mom. Love you. Praying for you. Others around, around the place, and there's some overseas watching us. Uh, Italy, Alessandro Vanni. Uh, I'm not sure what part of Italy he's living in right now, but Alessandro, ti voglio bene, così tanto, and we're going to get into James chapter 4. First, though, before I talk to uh, James chapter 4 and we look at this scripture, you know, this series for the past three weeks, including today, has been dealing with our words, and then the, the series before that was dealing with our emotions. And so uh, we have to control both. You know, you hear a lot of talk in the body of Christ today, and we, we want to see the power of God. We want to see revival. We want to see uh, faith. We want to study faith and hear faith. But uh, for the past eight weeks, we've, we've been going through this uh, pruning and cleaning. And sometimes you have to prune and clean uh, so you can produce more fruit, more fruit and more power and more faith so that we can operate in a greater degree of, of love. Everybody say love. love. I believe that God, by his spirit, is bringing the, the body of Christ into this place of love that we haven't been before. And the fruit of love is grace and faith and power and unity. And we see that from the word of God. And so we have to realize that we are responsible for the way that we think, the way that we speak, and the way that we act. And the times we're living in, uh, people are blaming their attitudes, their actions, and words on everyone around them and not taking personal responsibility or personal inventory. And so there's a lot of disputing and debating and fighting and quarreling. So James 1, or chapter 4, verse 1, says it like this. this is, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. James 4, 1. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Now, remember, James, half-brother of Jesus, is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And so whenever you, whenever you read the Word of God, you have to say, who's speaking? 
who are they speaking to, and what are they addressing? So James here is speaking to Christians, and he's addressing conflicts and quarrels. What, what is the cause of these conflicts and quarrels? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? And so when we look at ourselves, then we become agitated at others. When we are self-centered and seeking our own interest, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 really points out uh, how love acts and what love does. And the opposite of that is in, in strife and hatred and disputes and quarreling and conflicts. And so this battle rages on the inside of us to where we begin to blame others and point fingers and it's your fault. No, it's your fault. And so that's where we are. And we have to realize that we have to take responsibility of our emotions and our words and our actions. You know, growth can be measured. Maybe many of you grew up like I did in a house with cousins and, you know, a family with cousins and different things. I didn't have cousins in my own house, but we regularly got together with the cousins, and there was always a special door jam in my grandmother's house that you go up beside the door jam and you stand up there and you mark your how tall you are and the, the date, you know, when you changed your birth, when you changed your birthday, when you had a birthday, and you put your name and the birthday and you measure your growth. Growth can be measured. And we need to be growing in the Lord, right? There's indications of growth. The indication of growth in the Lord is our love walk and how we act towards one another and speak towards one another and how we think about one another. And so this is why we've been dealing with words, and it's been, it's, it's been a little bit, um, how do you say, cozy. Give the, giving the Lord permission to change you. You get, you get closer with the Lord when you say, Lord, less of me and more of you, right? Lord, I give you permission to get in my business. And so we're growing. Uh, there's another example that I thought about uh, pertaining to gossip. Gossip is the, to today's title of today's message. But when I was growing up, we had a party line. And th that kind of dates me. And uh, we lived on a street. And when you picked up the phone, you had to check to see if anybody else was talking on the phone. That's called the party line. And so you had to be respectful. If someone else was speaking on the phone, you know, everybody shared on our street. Everybody shared the phone. And so you picked up the phone and you listened to see if someone was speaking on the party line. And so I know that's a little bit foreign to folks, so I'm just kind of hanging out there a little bit. It's back when the rotary telephone, you had to dial the numbers. And they, they couldn't get back fast enough, so, you, you know, we pulled it back and dialed it and pulled it back. But you pick up the phone and you listen to see if someone's speaking. And if you're real quiet and you covered the bottom part, the, the, the microphone on the phone, you could hear some juicy stuff. <laughs> That's the party line. You could learn things about people maybe that they didn't want you to know. This opens a big door for gossip, right? Today, people hack each other's email 
or look at each other's text to find out stuff on each other. And this kind of throws open the door to this subject on gossip. What is gossip? It's something about someone else that they did not tell you personally or that they may not wish that anyone knows. And so determining what it is that you're talking about, whether it's true, whether it's not true, whether that person wants everybody to know what you're telling is, is the sticky part of the gossip. Um, gossip, it has been said, goes around the world before truth gets out of bed. And that's so true today with the social media. Has, has this happened to you where someone on social media has shared something that you wished that they had not? Maybe you've been at a place, at a party or whatever. doesn't have to be a party, just an event, a family event. And people are taking pictures and posting them all over Instagram and, and social media. And you would rather not, you know, people are open, just, just opening the door to your life. You've, you've dealt with gossip and maybe... People have said hurtful things about you that weren't true, and we've all been there. Maybe we've all done that. Uh, I don't know. Dictionary.com says uh, about a gossip, a gossiper, or a talebearer. That's the first point of the message today. If you were looking at the notes, whether you're here in person or whether you're online there, you can go to lifeway.church forward slash the date, today's date. 10-11-20. You can see the notes there. But I put it in the notes. Dictionary.com defines a tailbearer. Is, is it a tailbearer or a person who's bearing their tail? <laughs> Dictionary.com says a person who spreads gossip, secrets, etc. They, they, that may cause harm or trouble. Gossip causes harm or trouble. Uh, interesting article I found on time.com, and the title of the article, you can look it up, fact, be a fact checker. Always check to make sure that what somebody's telling you is true. It says, the science behind why people gossip is the title of the article. And when it can be a good thing. Can gossip be a good thing? Now, this person seems to think so. Here's a quote. There's an intimacy to sharing experiences and feeling like you're on the same page about others, this person points out. Torres is the person that did the research, found out that gossip can stave off loneliness, while other studies have found that it can facilitate bonding and closeness and serve as a form of entertainment. Wow, it's kind of twisted, isn't it? But you can see when two people t share a secret, it bonds them together. You know, and, and people that are lonely, it's like, oh, I know something that nobody else knows. And so I'm, uh, suddenly I'm in. I'm, I'm part of something. And so you ask the question, well, you know, why is gossip so powerful? Why, why does the enemy, the devil, use gossip to break families and break churches and break organizations and destroy people. There's a professor here of uh, psychology at Georgia Gwinnett College that is quoted in this article, and he's the author of a book called The Psychology of Language, an Integrated Approach, and he says, here's his quote, 
It's not necessarily negative, talking about gossip. Uh, it can be positive or neutral. And think about that. The world believes that gossip can be positive or neutral. It's not necessarily negative. So we have to go back. We as Christians have to go back to what the Word of God says. This is our standard. This is our guide. It's not about what somebody says that somebody says about gossip. It's about what does God say about gossip. Proverbs 16, 28, the New Living Translation says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. And gossip separates the best of friends. Maybe you found that to be true, that you've had a broken relationship, and because of gossip, there was strife, and because of strife, you ended that relationship. This is the truth. This is the truth, and the truth is what sets us free. One version says it like this, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Hey, did you hear? Hey, did you hear? Those words are intriguing, and they draw you in. Hey, did you hear? So gossip hurts the person it's spoken about, and it leads to strife, mistrust, and broken relationships. Proverbs 25, 9 and 10 says this, When arguing with your neighbor... Don't betray another's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. Because friends and families and churches can all be destroyed because of the, the cause of gossip, the spreading of secrets, and things that people don't need to know. Do you need to know everything that you share? Does the person that you're sharing with, do they need to know everything that you're sharing? Or is it just something that's juicy, something that will grab someone's attention or ear? Uh, the telephone game, we've all played it as, as children. You start off in a circle and someone is the, is the start and so the person beside them is the, the end of the line and you repeat a phrase and that phrase, you know, the big black cat jumped over the silvery moon. Who knows? But by the time it gets around to the end, it's nothing like that. You know, the black and white cow ran off with the farmer's horse. <laughs> it's just that, that what people perceive that someone said was not even what they said. And, and they're trying to repeat just... If, four-word phrase. Things get twisted, blown out of shape, and exaggerated, and that's the danger. That's the danger. So let's talk about trust for a minute. Trust is the basis and the foundation of every relationship. Starting with husband, wife, families, we, tr we teach our children to trust, to trust us, and and be aware of strangers. We're teaching them who to trust and how to trust. And then churches and organizations, uh, everything is built on trust. And your reputation is tied to the trust. The Bible talks about 
our reputation. Trust is a valuable thing always in a relationship. And once you lose it, it's hard to rebuild it. Proverbs 11 says, uh, verse 13 says it like this. The Passion Translation says, if you can't trust gossipers with a secret. They'll just go blab it all. Put your confidence instead in a trusted friend, for he will be faithful to keep it in confidence. So talking badly about someone else when they're not around says more about who you are than the person you're talking about. Think about that. If people are going to talk to you about other people, what are they going to say behind your back? We have to ask ourselves the question, hey, how trustworthy are the people around us? So here's some ways that we step into this gossip trap. It's a trap of the enemy that he sets before us. And we step into it in, in certain ways. Proverbs 18.8 says, Rumors are dainty morsels, dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. That's why when someone says to us, Hey, have you heard? We lean in. And we listen. We give our attention to what's being said because they think that it's important enough to tell us, and so they're drawing us in to this trap. Sometimes they are realizing it, and sometimes they're not realizing it. They're just being an instrument of the enemy. Gossip is so subtle that it can sneak up on you before you know what you're even doing. Did you ever pull out a bag of uh, peanut M&Ms or Lay's potato chips or whatever your favorite snack is? And you're, you've decided, I'm just going to eat just, just four, just four peanut M&Ms. And before you know it, the whole bag is gone. And you're thinking, how did that happen? And who came in here to eat all those peanut M&Ms? Especially if there's nobody around, right? Same thing with gossip. It's dainty morsels. Yeah. It's amazing how people, when they begin to gossip, go on and on. Well, did you hear the one? Did you hear the one? No, but did you hear this? And pretty soon, these things on the side of your head become garbage cans. For everybody's garbage. And there's a lot of consequences. The questioning, did you know? When somebody says, have you heard? Did you hear? Have you heard? Proverbs 17.4 says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Isn't that interesting? Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip, and liars pay close attention to slander. And so, some that are seemingly um, innocent may say, well, I, I was just 
I didn't mean anything by that, or I was just joking, or I was just kidding. But again, words that are spoken cannot be taken back. Words that are spoken against someone's character or against something that they did, whether it was true or not. Do, do, things that you've done that are true, do you want everyone to know? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, because none of us are perfect. Here's one. Here's a, here's a big trap that we step in. Hey, you know, I was thinking the other day, I, I, I needed to tell you this because I want you to pray with me and agree with me about this situation. So-and-so came to me and they told me that they were dealing with this situation and they need us to pray. Isn't it amazing how Christians can make things sound so spiritual and it's nothing more than gossip. It's just gossip. And spiritualizing gossip doesn't make it right. A prayer request is not fair game to tell someone's mess. Right? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. The New Living Translation. I think some people just step into gossip because there's just nothing else to do. Uh, you know, even the world says an idle mind is a devil's workshop, right? And the Bible says for us to fill our mind with things that are true, lovely, but honest, a good report, if there be anything tr virtuous, trust, you know, things that are wonderful and beautiful to think on these things. And if we're not filling our mind with these things, then our mind is wide open and empty for the enemy to throw in any kind of stinking garbage, right? 1 Timothy 5, 13 says, And if they are on the list, and it's talking about widows, young widows, young widows. If they're on the list, they will learn to be lazy and spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they shouldn't. Now, in context, this scripture is talking about young widows. I'm not trying to call out young widows, and I'm not saying every young widow is lazy and meddles in other people's business, but there's some principles from this scripture that we can take, right? If we don't have anything else to do, and if we're sitting around thinking about what other people are doing, then we're not doing anything ourselves. And if we're not busy about the Father's business, we can be an open door, an open window for gossip. Did you hear about? Did you hear about so-and-so? Or, I mean, the digital version of that is here. Let me share this story that's a rumor. <laughs> it's not even true, but let me share it anyway because it sounds good and because Thousands of other, other people have shared this story on Facebook. Not even true. And we're being a partaker of gossip. And it feels good at the moment, but when it comes out, because truth always reveals a lie. Can anybody say amen? <laughs> truth stands forever. When it comes out that it's not the truth, we have to say, oops. And we should have checked it out. We should have been smart enough to not say anything. 
We go back. We keep going back. All four weeks, we keep going back to James. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. There's a reason that God gave us two ears and one mouth. We should be twice as quick to hear. And if we silence ourselves and we listen to our heart where the Holy Spirit lives, then we're able to discern truth from a lie. We won't take the bait. We won't click the bait. We won't go there. We won't repeat something that could harm someone else that's not the truth or is the half-truth. You know, a half-truth makes a whole lie, right? There's no such thing as a white lie. <laughs> and so gossip is just that. It is a tool of the enemy to divide, to cause strife and destroy someone's life. When you're busy and you're focused on God, there's little time to gossip. That's something to write down. When you're busy and you're focused on God's plan for your life, there's very little time to gossip. So how do we cut the devil's head off? You know, I like the movies where, where they got the, the dragon slayer and you got the, the dude that steps out with the big sword and, you know... I picture myself with the big sword or the lightsaber, the whoop, whoop, whoop. We, we've got to do something to cut the devil's head off. David had to do something about Goliath. You notice David didn't say, okay, God, take care of him. No. He said, this guy, like, like this uncircumcised Philistine? I mean, I, I took the lion, I took the bear. Watch, watch. The Spirit of the Lord come upon me. We have to... Do something to this thing called gossip. We have to insert ourselves, take responsibility of what we're hearing and what we're saying, and cut the enemy's head off. Number one, we have to be wise enough to recognize. First thing, we have to be wise enough to recognize the plan and the plot of the enemy to divide. It's his threefold purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. Every believer and every non believer, the enemy's out to just kill people and he can do it through gossip he can do it through lying through complaining through criticizing just like we've said these past few weeks but he has to have us to participate right so we have to recognize his tactics we have to guard our ears Jesus said take heed to what you hear also take heed to how you hear so our ears are very important. Our ears are a gate, like our eyes are, to our heart. If we allow something to go through that gate and into our heart, it can defile us or corrupt us. That's why James says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Say, Lord, should I share this? Number two, we have to be strong enough to push back. Push back. Today, uh, many Christians are just laying down. Not standing up for the truth. The, the truth. We have to stand up and we have to say things like, uh, excuse me, uh, why are you telling me this? 
if it is something about someone else, maybe, maybe what you should do at that moment is say, hey, stop right there. Let's go talk to Samuel and see if this is true. Samuel, David, Alvin, let's go talk to this person that you're telling me about, about and let's see if this is true. That can stop the gossip right there. But we have to be strong enough to say that. We have to love our brothers and our sisters enough to say, hey, stop. Or we could say, if, if this person continues, hey, have you spoken with Jay Riemann Snyder about this? I know you're telling me about him, but have you talked to him? If you've got something, uh, an issue with him, have you spoken with him? Do you want me to go with you to pray? We're responsible about what we allow to go into our ear and our heart. What we permit, we promote. What we permit, we promote. And if we don't object to someone's gossiping to us, then we're participating in it. We become part of the equation. Proverbs 26.20 says this. This is the Passion Translation. It takes fuel to have a fire. A fire dies down when you run out of fuel. How basic is that? So quarrels disappear when the gossip ends. So we have to determine this stops with me. Say that with me. This stops with me. I'm not adding fuel to the fire. I'm not giving any place for this gossip. And interesting to note here in Proverbs 20, 26, 20, that uh, gossip promotes quarrels. There's, there's quarreling that follows gossip. Because if it's not the truth and it's about someone else, then that person has a chance or should have a chance to justify himself or herself, right? To bring out the truth. And if it's untrue, then there's a fight. Who's betraying the trust? The one that's starting the gossip. True? This is what the Word says. It's not my opinion. This is what the Word says. So if you find yourself, here's, here's, here's a clue. If you find yourself in the middle of a quarrel, do some introspective searching. Search yourself and see if there was something that you said that may or may not have been true about the parties involved in the issue, and it could have been gossip. Could have been a rumor. Could have been something that you thought you saw or you didn't verify before you said something to someone else. We're responsible for ourselves, and we have to determine this stops with me. The strife stops with me. I'm a peacekeeper, I'm a peacemaker, and I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Slow to anger, slow to wrath. Proverbs 21, 23, the New Living Translation says this, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. It's pretty blunt, right? And you will stay out of trouble. There's a promise with a benefit, with a reward. 
right? If you keep your mouth shut, you're going to stay out of trouble. And this is not something that you just tell your kids. You should tell yourself. Or don't tell your grandkids. Tell yourself. Keep your mouth shut and stay out of trouble. This stops with me. We have to close our mouth. This is the, the final point. We have to close our mouth. My big fat mouth. We're going to take communion here in just a few minutes. So everybody take a breath. We want to take communion. I thought it was a really good Sunday to take communion here. Watch your tongue. Keep your mouth shut and you're going to stay out of trouble. There's going to be less trouble this week. Think about that. There's going to be less trouble this week because we're going to listen and not speak so much. Psalm 34, 13, New International Version says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. In Philippians 4, we're, we're taught about what things to think on, the things that are true and honest and, and lovely and have a good report. And those, the list, the number one thing on that list, the filter, the P419 filter is true. I call it the P419, right? Philippians 4. If we eject any thought from our mind that is not true, then we're not going to waste our time thinking on things that could be unlovely or... Right? Truth. Truth is the, the major filter for the things that we should allow into our mind. And if we're not thinking on untruths and we're not thinking on lies, then we won't tell lies. And we're less likely to speak untruths. I'm going to end with this scripture. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Proverbs 10, 12. The New King James Version says this. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And... We can see that hatred is connected with strife and that we just said that the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came because he loved us, and he loved us so much that he had to give himself for us. Love is powerful. Love is not just taking the back seat and keeping our mouth shut and ignoring a situation. The world wants us to think as Christians that love is just back off, back down, and shut up. But no, love is active. Love is decisive. Love is, uh, uh, can I say, spiritually aggressive. Takes the first step. Doesn't wait. If, if you go 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and just study 1 Corinthians 13 this week, love takes the next step. Love... The, the, the ball is always in our court. God is always willing to forgive. He's waiting for us. If you get the picture of the prodigal son, he's waiting for us to come to him. As believers, we're peacekeepers, peacemakers. We're waiting to, to make things right. We should be on the, on the, on the edge of reconciliation is our language. 
Division is healed by love. Love has a name. It's Jesus. Jesus.